At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Welcome to the Casting Across Fly Fishing Podcast. I'm Matthew of castingacross.com, where I explore the quarry and culture of fly fishing. This is episode 55 of the Casting Across Fly Fishing Podcast, being recorded on Thanksgiving of 2019. And I want to talk about why I'm thankful for fly fishing. I'm thankful for fly fishing. I'm thankful for being able to go to off-the-mark trail and into wild places. These are places that I would enjoy to see on their own, but would struggle to justify visiting otherwise. Quiet meadows and intense valleys, places that only see the occasional footprints from anglers or intrepid hikers. I am thankful for early morning drives. Even before I am in close proximity to the stream, I am content with what I am doing. There are breakfasts on the run, misty sunrises, and empty highways. And that first cup of coffee doesn't have to be good, it just has to be hot. I am thankful for gear. Although accumulation and striving for things is not important, there is real joy in this aspect of fly fishing. The feel of a brand new cork grip or one that has been used for generations. The sound of a reel as I'm slowly reeling it in or the sound it makes as a fish tears line into the backing. Vests and packs with a place for every necessary little thing and everything that is in those places. I'm thankful for writing, the opportunity to share my passion for fly fishing, the quarry, and the culture has been a creative outlet that has been so much fun. Expressing the things that I think are worthwhile and then having people read and enjoy them has been a true privilege. I'm thankful for fish, trout, bass, bluegill, you name it. I think they're entertaining to watch, exhilarating to catch, and even somewhat enjoyable to be spurned by. Their beauty, grace, and power are unique in the natural world. Furthermore, these creatures were created in such a way so that they captivate us to pursue them and to protect them. I am thankful for the people. Having a common interest creates fishing buddies, industry acquaintances, and random social media contacts. In actuality, these relationships can be much more significant than the angling itself. They both enrich and transcend the time on the water. The thoughtfulness associated with fly fishing can facilitate the introspection and transparency that real relationships are built upon. I am thankful for the quiet. My job is busy. My home is busy. I wouldn't trade either of them for the world, but my time on the water offers some much-needed contrast. This doesn't mean that fly fishing is passive. The mental exercises often eclipse the physicality. Still, there's stillness. The moment immediately after releasing a fish is cathartic. The moment immediately before it rises to the fly is even better. I'm thankful for the challenge. Sometimes I succeed. Oftentimes I fail. 
I think that the frequent baptisms in humility are the most valuable experiences. The subjectivity of fly fishing can actually prove those failures successful. Trying to catch a trout is a low-risk training ground for my resolve, preparing me to potentially see more pertinent challenges in a new light. Fly fishing is practice, in a way. I'm thankful for the community. Even though I live in a metropolitan area, my day-to-day is relatively homogenized. As soon as I move into the fly fishing space, there's an incredible amount of diversity. Backgrounds, beliefs, and bobber opinions are wide-ranging. Whether you chase billfish or bluegill, there's unity because of fly fishing. The people I meet, the people who I consider my friends, comprise a unique community. I'm thankful for the knowledge. Fly fishing is the vehicle wherein I can pass on any number of things. Time on the water means I can share fishing, but time on the water also means I can share other experiences. Looking at fly line floating in the current cuts through pretense and awkwardness like few other things can. I can talk about mending, naturally, but just as naturally, I can talk about life. Whether it be my children, my friends, or relative strangers, fishing is a remarkable point of contact. I'm thankful for the grandeur. I can do a lot of things. I'm reasonably intelligent and moderately capable. Still, I am nothing compared to the raging flows of a river. The tide is bigger than me. A mountainside won't yield to my education or cleverness. All I can do is take it in. All I can do is be a part of it. All I can do is be thankful to the God who created all of it. I'm thankful for the blessings of fly fishing. What I just read was from two articles, one from this year, from this week, called Fly Fishing Thanksgivings, and one from a few years ago called In Thanksgiving of Fly Fishing. It's interesting how I certainly could have said the things that I wrote this year, three years ago, and I can still say the things that I wrote three years ago today. I'm truly thankful for fly fishing. But there's a greater object to my thankfulness. You can't be thankful to a trout. You can be thankful for a trout, but you can't tell a trout thank you. You can't tell a river thank you. You can't tell a smooth stone thank you. You can't tell a mountain thank you or a sunset thank you. It's it's impersonal. So my recommendation for you is to tell someone thank you, whether it be the person that introduced you to fly fishing, the person you go fly fishing with, whether it be a Trout Unlimited chapter member or somebody who works for the local Fish and Wildlife Service, somebody who helps protect and preserve those resources, or somebody who you are in close contact with or proximity to as you fly fish that adds something to your experience, tell them thank you. Because, again, you can't say thanks to a mayfly, but you can say thank you to a person. And there's one group of people in particular that I want to say thank you to. In my experience in fly fishing, there's certainly a lot of folks that have had a great impact on me and whose contributions to either fly fishing or ecology or conservation or even the fly fishing industry I am indebted to in one way, shape, or form. But the group of people that I am continually impressed by and have gratitude towards is those who serve, who minister to, who spend time with underprivileged and underserved populations. And so whether that be veterans or cancer survivors or children who are from impoverished situations, these are the people who I really appreciate because what they do is is the best of fly fishing, which is this thing that we enjoy, which 
at its most basic level is casting a line to try to put something in front of a fish to fool it so that we can catch it for enjoyment. But everything else that goes into that is really what makes us pursue this as a, a lifestyle is a little bit of extreme term, but you know, there's, there's the whole culture and that whole aura and the whole aesthetic that goes around fly fishing. And so you have this very straightforward process, cast, present, catch, pull in, right? That's the, the focus. But around that, there's so much more you can communicate. As I alluded to earlier, you can talk about fishing, but while you're fishing, those barriers go down and you can talk about anything. If someone is struggling with something at home, if a kid has a difficult home situation, if somebody's treatments that they're going through for their illness are just too much to talk about when they're looking you in the eye, when they're looking at their line, when they're thinking about fish, they're going to open up and they do that all the time. Similarly, if they just want to escape that for a minute, not in some naive way, not in some sort of unhealthy way, but if they just want to set those cares, whether it be what they can't forget and leave on the battlefield or a situation that they can't leave at home, but for a few minutes, a few hours, they can be chasing fish. So the people who make these programs possible are truly helpful to our communities and to our culture and to our country, and I think they show the best of what fly fishing has to offer. Um, some of the most inspiring content I see on social media is the smiling faces of the volunteers and the program directors of the people of programs such as Casting for Recovery, the Mayfly Project, Project Healing Waters, as they are with a participant holding a fish. That person is so pumped and so excited to be holding a fish, to be in the water, and you can you can see that. But then the person who's helping them, you can tell that what they are doing is bringing them as much joy, if not more joy, than if they were to catch that fish themselves. And being involved in, in programs like this just to a very, very minute degree, not enough to receive any credit or any thanks, I can say for certain that being able to share this with somebody and for it to go one step beyond catching a fish to having some sort of cathartic and some sort of healing and even some sort of distractive element is awesome. And uh, that relationship that then comes in, that's the kind of thing, again, it's the best of fly fishing. Think about that relationship that you have with your fishing buddies, whether it be a relative or whether it be somebody random that you met through a Trout Unlimited chapter or on the water and the bonds that you form because of fishing. For people who need a empathetic or a sympathetic ear, having that on the stream and having this common point of contact where you might not have a lot in common, you might not be a veteran, you might not have cancer or have been touched by cancer, your home life might have been perfect, but because you're both fishing, now you have something in common and there's a point for them to relate and they can open up. So thank you to everybody who's involved in these programs. I think they're fantastic. One I did want to mention specifically because it's a program that I have a little bit of exposure with and I have been able to write about and I know the director of the program is Elevate Youth. And this is out of Boston. So I live in northeastern Massachusetts, about an hour outside of Boston. And this is a Boston-based program that takes inner-city urban kids and gets them outside. So a lot of these kids live only half an hour you know, 45 miles, maybe even less than that, from the ocean, from the mountains, from just wild places, yet they've never gotten there because 
the transportation is prohibitive. Their parents don't have the means or it's just simply not part of their daily life. But this program, Elevate Youth, gets those kids out there. And in doing so, a few things are accomplished. Firstly, they're exposed to something they've never been exposed to. And for kids, that's fantastic. When it's a positive experience, something like hiking or climbing or paddling or fishing, whether it be surf casting or whether it be fly fishing, they're seeing something they've never seen before. And they're having an experience that is quite a few degrees off of what they're used to. It's not that they don't do anything when they're at home. It's that they're doing something very different. And so they have a much broader appreciation for what's in the world, not just because of what they're seeing, but because of what they're doing. So that's the first thing. The second thing is they're understanding the importance of a mind that is geared towards ecological awareness. If you are surrounded by concrete and very manicured green spaces, the idea of conservation looks a lot different than if you're seeing places that are wild, that need protection, that are just on the fringes of that concrete and that pavement. And so whether it be having a conversation about how this place that we're fishing used to not have fish in it, or how this place that we're hiking you know, used to be under threat of this development that was coming in, and these were the steps that were taken, you know, that's beneficial. But similarly saying, hey, I see that you dropped your granola bar wrapper on the ground. Let's pick that up. And then having a conservation conversation that talks about personal stewardship and takes it from that one granola bar wrapper all the way up to how you think about how we use and potentially abuse and how we can protect, how we can restore our resources. Those are the kind of things that happen on these trips and on these activities. But at the heart of it is relationship. The Elevate Youth mentors work with these kids that they're serving in order to build relationships and the paddling, the hiking, the climbing, the fishing, the drives to these activities, those are channels for these adult mentors to have conversations with these kids about anything and everything that may be going through. It could be school, it could be home, it could be their highs, it could be their lows. And again, this is a person who is interested in this kid succeeding. And they're using what they love. They're using the outdoors. They're using, again, these activities and these actions that to them, they're probably very used to, but they're introducing them to a group of kids that's never done it before. But in doing so, they're forming relationships and maybe cutting through some of the the normalcy of their life that uh, might not be super positive, and they're injecting some positivity into it. So that program is called Elevate Youth. Certainly, there's a lot of programs like that around the country. I know there are, but this is one that I have been really impressed by. I love their mission. I love their vision. I'd encourage you to check out their website, Elevate Youth. And they also have a great giving campaign going on. So again, if you listen to this live, I know most of the downloads and, and folks that listen to the Casting Across Fly Fishing Podcast are in the first two or three days. They have a great Giving Tuesday campaign. So if you go again to their social media or their website, Elevate Youth, uh, you're going to see these, and uh, they have a great giving program that's going on right now. This week on Casting Across, two articles. The first one is called, Not Going to a Fly Fishing Show? Here's Why You Should. So I love going to fly fishing shows and events, and I don't spend a whole lot of money at them. I do spend some money. I do pick up a few things here and there, but that is not the primary reason to go. Um, and this article kind of addresses that issue. I have heard a lot of folks that say, well, I don't want to go to the fly fishing show. I don't need to spend money. And you do have to spend money to get in the door, but that is not the point. 
sure, there is vendor after vendor and exhibitor after exhibitor that might be trying to sell you something. But a lot of them aren't. They're just trying to show off what they have so that you can go buy it later. Or they're just trying to inform you about their cause, their program, or something else. But buying things is not the point of a fly fishing show. For the retailers that are there, that's their point. But there's so much more to it. But that's just one example of what I believe to be kind of a common misconception about a fly fishing show. Now, in this article, I don't try to make you like something that you know you don't like. What I try to do is maybe correct some incorrect assumptions about what fly fishing shows are. So that's called not going to a fishing show. Here's why you should. The second article is one of the ones that I read earlier in the podcast. It's called Fly Fishing Thanksgivings. So if you want to go through that again, uh, definitely check that out. This week, my recommendation on the Casting Across Fly Fishing podcast is this. Leave a five-star rating and a good one or two-sentence review on your favorite fly fishing podcast. Now, if it so happens to be the Casting Across Fly Fishing podcast, awesome. I appreciate that. But I know there's some other podcasts out there that are very different than mine, dare I say better than mine. No, I can say that with great certainty, better than mine. So some of my favorite fly fishing podcasts are Rob Snow White's Fly Fishing Consultant, uh, the Orvis Fly Fishing Podcast with Tom Rosenbauer, uh, Anchored with April Vokey, Taylor Trash Fly Fishing, uh, I Turn an Angler with Zach Matthews, which made a comeback, and then a handful of others. Now, those are all pretty big ones, I know, but there's a lot of others that are kind of in the same space as my podcast that I can say, because I'm in that space, that those reviews and ratings matter. Why do they matter? When you leave those ratings and reviews, not only is it a way for you to say thank you to the folks who are creators, but it also helps those people get their content in front of the eyes and ears of other people. So I appreciate all the reviews and ratings that I've received. I appreciate all the feedback, but it's a great way to tell and show the gratitude and thankfulness that you have for the media that you get to consume. Podcasts are a really cool way to be kind of involved with fly fishing in such a passive way. It's so much easier than reading. It's so much easier than watching a video. It's so much easier even than scrolling through your social media stream. To just have it on, it allows you to have a little bit more personal interaction with that personality. And I'm not saying that in a a celebrity sense, but just You get my personality. If you read Casting Across online, I write in like five or seven different ways um, just based upon how I'm feeling. But when you hear my voice, you get a little bit more of my personality. And I know the same is true of all the other podcasters out there. So if you appreciate somebody, let them know. Rating, review, and then a personal email. I know I truly appreciate all of the social media chirps, all of the comments on the website, and all the emails that I get. And I respond to every single one of them because if you have taken the time to not only consume what I've produced but then to interact with it it is the least I can do to to reach back out so thank you from me and thank you to all those other podcasts and podcasters that are putting out awesome fly fishing content thank you for listening to the casting across fly fishing podcast please subscribe in your favorite podcast app and rate the podcast in iTunes Then head over to castingacross.com where you'll find more info on this podcast and three posts a week on the people, places, and things that go into the pursuit of fish.
A life that has the stories to back it. A life to be proud of. It's a Winchester life. Yeah, baby. 6-8 Western. Oh, I'll be over there, baby. Right there. Tune in every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV. Brave anglers search for the one they call king, but who will take his throne? Tune in to Waypoint TV's Battle for Silver, Saturday, May 18th from 12 to 6 p.m. Eastern. Presented by Abyss Battery. Waypoint TV.